Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whoever you are, wherever you're watching. This is a chat about football, and I'm Joel, and I'm joined here by Robert. And as you can see, I'm joined here by two special guests. And for those of you that don't know, these guys are bona fide legends of East London, and we're going to let them introduce themselves. So we've got Kaden, he is Mason here, and we've got Craig Heskey. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you doing? All good. All good. Yeah, all good. Craig, how are you? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, as Joel said. Thank you for bringing us on here, by the way. No, it's a All pleasure. Right. It's a pleasure. For guys, for those of, you that, those of you that don't know, these are our first guests that we're having on our show. And if I'm being honest, I don't think we could put, we could have picked many better guests for this one. So that's really very true. Buzzing to have these guys on. I feel like now, before we just get started, I just have to do a bit of um, admin. Literally, if you guys don't know what the show's about by now, this is literally us, me, Robert, and we were normally joined there by another guy called Johnny, but unfortunately he's not able to make this episode. But for this episode, it's, we're talking about the team called um, Newham Dragons, Pro Power Dragons, the team that we used to play for growing up. We picked these coaches because we feel like they... You've got the championship trophy there, nice touch. We picked this team because we feel like not only was the, um, was the sort of team environment great to sort of play in, in regards from a, a playing standpoint, but from a coaching standpoint and from a mentoring standpoint, these two men are exceptional, exceptional figures in um, probably what we've, what we've had growing up. So we thought we'd break down what Definitely. they've been through. They have a lot of experience in the game. So I just thought I'd um, just literally give you guys a bit of an insight as to who they are. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, thank you so long. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on our first YouTube episode. As you can see, I'm still working out the kinks and how I speak, how I talk. And this episode is going to be on Spotify as well. It's going to be on Acast, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. So whenever you get the chance, just follow it at A Chat About Football. We're on Twitter at ACAF underscore podcast. We're, we're on Instagram, ACAF underscore podcast. And that is it. That is it. Brilliant. Brilliant. So you've got it. I just thought, you know what? We've done that admin stuff now. Let's just get cracking. So I'm literally going to have. You guys, Coach Craig and Coach Kier, it's going to have you guys explain what is um, Pro Power Dragons about? How did it get How did it get started? But I thought I'd, I'd add that in there. Um, well, like, like I was saying, same thing was before off air. It was an idea just of having a football club in East London. Um, had a lot of younger players that weren't playing football, that were good at football. Um, I can't remember actually how I got Craig involved in this. might have been a conversation we had and then it, and it just worked. For me, it was more about I was actually playing for at the time, playing for winning at the time. So I was playing football, and I think I was going to UEL where Craig was going as well. Um, yeah. And then just came with the idea and ran with it, and then yeah, the rest is history, isn't it? Really, I suppose. But it kind of just worked having us both, especially with what Craig was doing at UEL, and I think it helped that he was coming at the end of his um, qualification as well. So it meant it kind of meant there was a lot more time that we could sort of dedicate to it. And yeah, look, it was a thing that, it was a random idea that we came up with, or that I came up with, got Craig involved, and then we kind of just grew from there. Was it like um, a clear, like, do you feel like there's a clear, clear, like, need or desire in you to sort of start that team? Because you said it was something that you just thought of, and then I remember you talking to us off air saying that you had it on the Thursday, that uh, the mind or the idea for it, and then on the Monday, things start to get the ball start to get rolling but is it something that was a um, long state of desire when you to sort of be a coach or is it something that um, sort of came about over time gradually I wouldn't I, I don't know what it was in that week something had happened in that week and I'm not sure what it was something football related and I just thought you know what I want a football team I remember 
the Thursday morning waking up and was like, yeah, I want a team. And literally that Thursday till the Monday, all I thought, all I thought about was a name, a league, finding players. That was it. Making a, a website. That was it. Yeah. And I had everything done. The only thing I didn't have was players. And then, yeah, sort of got the players in. And it wasn't something that I thought about for a while. I just wanted a football club. Something that... So what was the impulse? Yeah. Because I, I was playing, I was in non-league, and I just thought I needed something to utilise my time with. Because I was training and going to uni. That was it. But when I'm not at uni, I'm not training. What am I doing? Do you know what I'm saying? So I just thought... Again, yeah, I know... I know we spoke about off-air as well, but one thing you did say about um, what we spoke about on Twitter was some coaches are in it for the wrong reasons, for example. So what, what was the different, like, what was the game changer for you? Because, I mean, like you said, it was, it was something to do in the off time as well as, see, whilst you done it, whilst you actually um, were in uni and played non-league. But what was the difference then? Because did it, how do I put it, was it a case of, it was nothing about the money, nothing about that. It purely was to play football, get that coaching, get that coaching experience for you. Yeah, pretty much. It wasn't to do with the money because Craig would tell you we ended up having to put twenty, thirty pounds in every Sunday anyway. Yeah. So it wasn't even about money because we lost a lot. Not wouldn't say lost, but we put a lot of our own finances yeah. into. It was more about just giving these boys a chance to play football and do something they enjoy doing where they might not have got the chance or they couldn't afford to pay the fees of clubs that are paying that want parents to pay £300 for a season for example yeah. you know, we looked at a lot of a lot, a lot of the boys we had parents wouldn't part with £300 because they weren't just that only child they might have younger siblings as well do you know what I mean so yeah, it's more about just giving these boys a chance to play football not have to worry about their personal issues at home or at school it was you come in play football have fun with the boys and play on a Sunday. Do you know what I'm saying? It was just, yeah. yeah. They knew that they could come to us with anything. No, of course. Oh, um, I know one conversation, I was going to quickly say, one, one conversation that always stuck in my head, this was with a conversation with Coach Craig, you mostly won't remember it, but I remember when I, when I first joined, first done a few training sessions, Coach Craig, the one thing you said to me was, Rob, I'll be honest with you, I can't guarantee you a spot. I can't, I can't tell you you're just going to go straight into the first team. So, you paying money right now for obviously to sign on to the team. You don't have to do it right now. It's, it's you're, you're, we're not just telling you just to join the team just because we want the money or anything like that. You, you want to if you want to play for the team, like if you want to carry on training, you're more than happy to carry on training. But you don't have to pay the money right now. And from going from a team from beforehand, which was nothing like that at all, it was all about the money. To this, everything you're saying, um, Coach Gears, it, it, that's exactly how it felt. It literally was a case of me playing football with my boys. It was me going and playing football with different people. It, it, it never felt like it was anything I was pressured to do in terms of paying the money or anything like that. It really, it really felt like a great experience where that wasn't an issue, basically. And it, it, it's what ultimately joined, made me want to join the team because I thought to myself, now, you know what? I do want to pay. I do want to like, fight for my spot. I do want to do this for the team, for the coach. Um, and to play with my friends tonight, it, it was definitely a good experience. Appreciate that. I actually don't remember that conversation. I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, but that's what I mean, though. It's, it's, it's the little things. That, I mean, mm. we had I DM'd you, like I said earlier, um, a few days ago about obviously my yeah, experience. Yeah. But as a 15, 14, 15, 16, or however old I was, it was nice to know that wasn't ever a priority. It wasn't about the money. It was, it was truly a place where. And I, I, I can speak for pretty much a lot of the boys as well. I know what I'm saying, Joe, I'm pretty sure you would agree with as well in regards to it was 
it was nothing about those sort of things. I know I didn't have to come home and pressure my mum to say, mum, you kind of have to, for me to carry on playing football here, mm. you have to be paying up money sort of thing. Mm. And it, it, it goes a long way. It's little things like that, which really, like, I have nothing but respect for the both of you for it. It's, it's, it feels good, to be fair. Appreciate that. Seriously. That does go a long way. It means a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and... Coach Craig, I wanted to ask you a specific question as well because I don't okay. think I've really got the chance to sort of go into it. Um, I know that we started this around uh, 2013. Uh, you started around 2013, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I think this is going to tie into my next question as well. I know that, for example, in that time, you're working with um, UEL, if I'm correct, or in and around that sort yeah. of setting, and you're working with the UEL football club, right? And yep. from what I sort of um, read or from what I've known, you sort of, um, you're president of that club. You've got, uh, well, chairman or heavily involved in the running of that club. You've got, um, if I'm correct, club of, the, club of the year that year as well? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to ask, um, from that experience, right, first thing is, how was that experience, like, in terms of what you learned in that experience and what then enabled, what did you then take from it to sort of take into uh, starting a youth football club as well, not just like a men's football club, but a club with, our, with okay. like, teenagers and um, yeah. ages like that, sort of bring that on. Okay, so saying that, I'd have to say that UEO was 100% the game changer for me. And I remember going to UEO, I came directly from University of Gloucestershire, that's where I originally was doing my sports degree. So I ended up coming home, I'm saying, you know what, I want to go to university closer to home, less hassle, etc. So I went to UEO and I was not happy with the standard of football, not the players, but in terms of how the club was run, compared to what it was like in Gloucester, as an example. So I had said to them, that I wouldn't mind being a part of the committee. I mean, I don't want to be the top guy, but I want to be involved with a person that has ideas, maybe, just to throw on the table and see what we can do. Then eventually it came around to the point where you're picking a committee. I've put myself down for vice, but no one else wanted to be president or the chairman. And Coach Terry was the one that said, Greg, I think you should do it, you know? Like, you serious? Yeah, 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 you do it, go for it. So obviously, you know what, I'll take it up and I'll do it. And immediately from that particular point, I felt pressure because I'm thinking, wow, now I've got a club on my shoulders where everything I do is being monitored. And if I didn't meet Coach Kears when I was doing that role, I probably would have said no to him when it came to doing Dragons because I wouldn't have had a clue in terms of how to carry myself, how to monitor things because that put a whole load of pressure on me in terms of how I go about what I do because it's about the experience at the end of the day. And it might have changed now because I haven't checked on Newell in a while. The last time the club won Club of the Year was 2013, which was a very long time ago. Wow. But the reason why they had won it is because me and Coach Terry in particular, done so much work in terms of building a team for the ACS, doing all yeah. sorts of friendly, taking people to the game. We did loads of stuff. And so when Coach Kears was coming to me about Dragons, my fears had almost pretty much eased by then because I knew in terms of managing a club, I could take from what I know already to that setting. Obviously, the only difference is now I'm working with teenagers. It's not grown-ass men at the same age as me, basically. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just allowed me in the sense of that to kind of showcase what I wanted to do for UEO, but also bring it into Dragons. And I had this big thing. I'm very, very influenced by Coach Carter, which you guys probably know, yeah. and Coach Boone from Remember the Titans. Those two coaches in particular, they played a massive role in terms of how I behave and what I picture my team to be. So as much as, you know, Dragons is a team you want it to be the best team you could possibly be, we care about you as people and not just players. You're not just people who are going to carry on a Sunday, win a game of football. Oh, by the way, we won 5-0. And that's all that matters. Yeah. It matters is that, okay, wow, we won 5-0, but Joel's also doing good in school. Everything's yeah. good. Like, let's, let's talk about your teacher, Mr. Air. I mean, without him, you guys would have played for him. He was the one that brought you guys here. And, and if you look at it, teachers don't have to do that. And teachers don't do that. 
Like of when course, I actually think about yeah. it, when I was in school, teachers are not taking us to clubs to say, okay, yeah, you go. I've got a junior football team you guys can go and play for. He's messaged me and said, look, oh, I've got a couple of players at my school that don't have a team. Can I bring them to you? I'm like, hell yeah, of course, bring them. You know what I'm saying? And obviously that's what got you guys to come to us. And the fact that you trusted his judgment to bring you to a club speaks volumes of him as a teacher, which again, right. he's gone out of his way. The school not paying him extra to do it. Yeah. If anything, they might even be angry that he's done it because they could say, oh, safeguarding. And you guys got something out of that. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. it just shows that the people that we had surrounded us, whether it's them bringing us players or helping us with the club in terms of growing it, everyone played their part. It's not just about an idea. Kia's had that he brought to one person. This is everyone had something to bring to the table to build this project. You see what I mean? And it was always about the players being sent to stage and not us. Yeah. And it was good to get away from it being about us on the sidelines. I, I do remember us running up and down the sidelines. Don't get me wrong, we did that a lot. <laughs> we wanted yeah, to be on the yeah. with you and play. Like, that's, that's the way we were. But it's not because we're centre stage. It's all about you lot. You see what I mean? I remember, obviously you remember Isaiah. I remember we had a game against, was it Ridgeway Rovers, kid? Um, uh, West Ham Memorial. Played on a grass pitch. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of our first games. I just remember running up and down that sidelines. Every time he was anywhere near goal, I just wanted him to score. And it's like, you, became our, you became our kids. And, it, and the whole setup itself is just so crazy. And all of us enjoyed it. I mean, we earned no money from it. We go back to what Coach Kiers has said. You know, I mean, particularly the year that you were here, Robert, I paid about £1,000 of my own money towards that. Wow. wow. And we got training at Sports Stock and making yeah. sure it stayed there. And yeah. when I look back at us, I mean, we were in our early to mid-20s. We were still young. Like, I'm obviously, I'm nearly 30 now. And I'm looking back and thinking, wow. I was- it was 21, 22, yeah. So you were the age we are now as well. That's crazy. Yeah. And looking after you guys, you're 15, you know what I mean? You're obviously beginning to find out where you want to go with your lives, whether it's college or going to apprenticeships. And we had that responsibility of looking after you lot and being there and not allowing any other things to get in the way. Like going yeah. party the Saturday night and making sure I can't get up the next morning. We had to make sure we were there. Yeah. When I actually look back at what we've done, I'm like, wow. How responsible were we? And that's, For real. And that's actually mad because I can't see a lot of 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds doing what we did. Putting in the hours. We did. 100%. I agree. Yeah. I, I, can't, I, can't even see, I can't even see coaches who are for like 25, 26, pushing onwards doing even the same thing or having a, the same passion as mm. that because you can't teach that sort of passion. This, there's no... This sort of passion that you had, the, how you talk about Isaiah and things like that, that's, that's not saying like, you can't teach that sort of passion. That's just you as a person. That's just both of you as people who generally have, want the best for us. You, you generally looking at us thinking, yeah, like these kids can go. It's things like this, though, for example, like you're on our podcast today. You don't have to be doing this. We, yeah. Last time you coached us was five years ago. Realistically, you could have said, nah, nah I don't, don't want to be doing this. But both of you have went out your way. We've had, as Joel, as we know, had a few technical difficulties. You stuck with it. You, you, want, you want to be doing this. And it just it shows a lot about the two of you as people as well um, and who you actually are. So, yeah, uh, no, it's really good. Yeah. Um, sorry, guys. Literally, wanted to sort of move on to the next question. I've, I think it's a big one, right? Um, I have a few in my mind, but... The one that kept coming up from what Coach Craig was saying, and I guess the both of you can't answer this, right? Um, being from the sort of being from your like, I don't, I don't, um, again, I can't sort of presume or speak about how you guys have grown up, but I'm guessing that growing up, right, and sort of starting a club, one of the key principles that you mentioned was that like Coach Carter and sort of having that co- uh, coaching where you had the integrity within it, where if it wasn't just sort of football, like you had the sort of football standpoint in terms of the development of the players. 
but you also had the human standpoint. I think that stood out from you guys as coaches as well. Is that something that you both intentionally recognised you'd have to do from the, from the moment you started the club? Or was that something that you both gradually sort of saw happening and developing that aspect of your character through mentors as well as football coaches? Um, I think for me, I was probably different to Craig was because we had different upbringings in terms of I, from a young age, I've always been involved in football at a really high level. So I always tend to, I tended to sort of mirror my, my, me as a coach from my past coaches, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the things that I liked that they done for me, I would use that. And the thing I didn't like, I would use it. So if, for example, when I was, as a, for example, when, when I was a pro, how I was treated certain ways, I would treat you boys that way. Yeah. I would say you boys that were said to me because I liked how it was said or done. Um, so I felt if you treat these 15 year olds as men, they'll take more from it because they're not 12. They're 15, 16, they'll be going into college where it's not getting baby like, like in school now. Yeah. You're now time for you boys to step into being young, young men. So why don't we treat you like that? Because that's the next stage you're going to college in university like you wouldn't treat someone in an office like a 15 year old don't make sense so i felt had to just treat you boys a certain way if we showed you the respect we should get it back you know what i mean yeah i wouldn't expect to get it back so for me it was almost treat you the way i want to be treated by other people and speak to you in a certain way that we can have a conversation where i'm not talking down to you lot where we, we can go back and forth and i think that's kind of the way i try to approach it. Obviously there was times when got annoyed with certain things, but it was always dealt with in the right way, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So obviously Craig will be different to me. So I'll let Craig go. Yeah, my standpoint, I think this is what made me and Coach Kerr's work quite well is the fact that he's come from elitist background. So his his approach is elitist in that sense. So I think it gave a good balance. You had someone like me who's yes I'm involved in coaching and yes I'll obviously prove you or improve you as a footballer as I possibly can. But at the same time, I look at you as a human too. You see what I mean? Not to say Coach Case didn't, but it's to say that that part of it was very, very important to me based on what I've seen. He was fortunate enough to go through the academy system and it worked, whereas he knows and I know where it hasn't worked for others. You see what I mean? And we know that from yeah. growing up and the people that yeah. we've seen for football. And we would, one thing we never did, and I loved us for that, is because that's something I could say I experienced going through my time as, as a junior footballer wanting to be a pro. Players, especially kids, got sold a lot of dreams. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can get you this. Oh, I can. You can have that. I've got scouts with this, 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 and this. Whereas, if we told you we had something, it's there, yeah. and we will put it out and we'll show you. Because that was our arrogance. I guess it was a bit of our ignorance, and I know we had that a bit as coaches as well. Which I think, to a degree, at times, it's needed. It just proves that. Listen, when I say something, I'm backing it up. It's there. Yeah. By the way, this person's looking at you. Here's this. Come and read it. It's there. You see what I mean? And for me, it's that we know the area that we live in, like Newham. You guys probably did a bit of research in terms of our local area. It's very deprived, loads of poverty. And we know how hard it is to get out of this borough. Well, not even just Newham as a borough, East London as a whole, in terms of being able to stay focused and stay away from the stuff that can steer you left because it's very easy to go left. And it just basically helped us form exactly what we want the club to look like. We wanted to be different to everybody else. It wasn't about just you make the best team, you go 14 and 0, that's it. Because any club can do that. Yeah. There has to be more to, than just you won 14 games with the baddest team on the planet. Okay, what else you got? Because other teams have done that. Not many teams can say, oh, by the way, um, 
players have come to training, their school report isn't there, they ain't playing today. Yeah. The told, bring, bring a plan so I can see it, so I know your teachers are not chatting rubbish. Yeah. You don't see that anywhere else. And for some kids, obviously at the time, they could have thought, wow, our coach is doing the most, we just have to play football, which is fair enough. But it was our way of protecting you. Yeah. And I'm a huge, huge believer in protecting you guys in terms of seeing what the real world is like. I can allow you to play football and, you know, let you play, let you do what else, whatever you're doing outside of outside of football. If there's anything bad, obviously nothing that I can possibly control. But at the same time, it's that if I teach you that, it means you can have whatever you want when you want it. Life doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Like for Coach Kears to get to where he is now with his coaching or whatever he's doing, he's had to work hard to get there. He's still in top on his lap. You see what I mean? He's had to obviously do his dragons to gain experience to then go and get the next job and then the next job. I mean, I wouldn't be a lane or if I didn't do dragons and go from the next job to the next job. We had to work hard for us to get to where we were. And our standpoint will always be is where did it start? Dragons. When we've done our own thing, where we literally pitched it the way we wanted to pitch it. There's no one else telling us this is how you need to do it. I mean, they can say what they want, but we say, no, this is how we're doing it. And we're going to go with it like that. So for us, especially, well, for me in particular, looking at you guys as humans was the biggest standpoint for me. It made me quite excited to help. I know I'm going to meant to use a footballer and as a person to the point that I left an impact somehow. So you guys are here now. You've obviously told Coach um, Kears and myself to come onto the show. Clearly, we had an impact. And that's all I ever wanted. It's not that I need you to win the league for me or I needed Joel to score a penalty, which he did, if you remember. <laughs> and it's all about saying I've had an impact. I've done something that you've taken away from five years ago. Like, Rob's obviously remembered something. I don't remember saying but He's taken that away. And that's yeah. all that was meant to be, as well as making you play football and, and enjoy it and be as good as you can. And I don't think enough coaches view it like that either. I don't think enough people view it as just how you said it before about checking school reports. And there was a, there was enough kids that would have said exactly how you said it. No, that's I'm only here to play football. But the actual well-being of the kids really clearly did mean the most to you. It clearly did mean the most to both yeah. of you. And it's not just about the football because, like you said, it's not really that hard, I'm guessing, to kind of get a group of kids who are good at football and to win a league. It's, it's, not, mm-hmm. like it's, of, it's not like the kids don't lack a passion in football, but for them to teach them to actually go the right way on top of that, it goes yeah. that extra mile. You didn't really need to go. And yeah. on that note as well, do you have any standout moments for well, either of you? Do you have any standout moments where you thought that, that, that moment may be the proudest? Oh, I've got a few. Put you on the spot there, haven't I? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to us, list the honours. If you've got any honours that you've achieved at the club, a list in all names. It's a time, perfect, time, perfect place. I have one. What there do you mean? Time. So what is that, um, Coach Gears? For the Dragons, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, as a, as a whole, really. I mean, throughout that whole setup, was there a moment? It could be, it could be literally just one individual kid. It could just be one moment or whatever it was. What was your stand? Well, what is one of your standout moments? Sorry, George, I've got one. Go on. In fact, I think we put it on Twitter the other day as well. Um, Joel would have been there. I can't remember if you were there, Robert, but there was a session, and I actually cannot remember what <laughs> you guys have done. I don't think it was just lateness. I thought this tweet. I thought this tweet. Go on. And we said, you know what? Nah, we're not having it. We sat on WhatsApp, like, no, when they come in today, they are not training. We're not having it. So I remember you took it into a lecture hall. I made sure I booked it out. and so, no, let's get that sorted out. We sat you in there and we literally hammered you for two hours That was awkward. That was awkward. Oh my gosh. The worst I mean, bollocking I've ever got from a manager. It didn't affect you because obviously you're one of the good ones. We knew, you know, was, we don't have to worry about you, but there's others. Oh my, my highlight from that discussion was we had a few new players there and one Colin. of them was Colin. And I'm thinking if I'm a new player and I've gone to this team, one, they didn't let me train. 
I got lectured for something I wasn't even involved in. Mm -hmm. He stayed. He's like, no, nah, I want to play for you lot. And I thought, wow. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done that as a kid. Like, I love football. and I've wasted two hours of my life on a Friday after school. <laughs> yeah. Yo, we're going to bang some ball. No way. I can't back. I would have been gone. But he stayed. He said, no, nah, I want to play. And obviously his boys then kind of followed suit because he said that. I think yeah. they were thinking I'm not on it. But he said, no, nah, I mm. want to play for you. And obviously we said, Sunday, you guys have to come correct, etc., etc." He's like, yeah, I'm there. And he was. I was like, wow. That's, that's a moment. And this I'll is never a player uh, that went on to be captain of the team as well and actually went on to play for, um, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, guys, Barnett and Hazen Yelling amongst other clubs as well. So it wasn't a player that had any time to waste and any ability to waste. He came here, sort of saw the club. So what, like, like Coach Craig said, saw what was happening at that moment in time, saw something he could buy into. And yeah, yeah thankfully he yeah. had coaches that can develop him and bring him onto the level that he then ultimately uh, went on to play at as well. And Colin, if you're watching, I hope that these guys really have done <laughs> you a good service and you remember that session, you actually get to respond and comment. But yeah, Coach Kears, <laughs> I wanted to ask as well, come back to you, any moments that you stand out either on or off the pitch? Um, probably on would be our first game as a football club. <laughs> My first yeah. official league game. Um, did we win? I think we drew. I think we drew three. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, that for me that was probably that, that that was a proud moment because it was it's almost all the hard work that was put in behind the scenes. You know, getting the players in and sourcing the league and the kit, all that sort of stuff. I think to finally see it all in action. I think that was a proud moment for me. Um, yeah, I think that would be yeah for me. The most standout moment was. I've got one another. I've got one other one. Obviously, Joel and Robert, you won't know this because obviously you were young, you were kids. This is behind the scenes. This is a staff situation. Have to give Coach Kerry, uh, Coach Terry, his props. He had started. We had the under 14s. So we had the under 16s and the under 14s. And the under 14s was oversubscribed. So Coach Jeff had loads of players. Everyone wanted to play for him, which was nice to see. He had so many. So yeah. Coach Terry was doing work with the under, well, under 15s technically at the time, and because. Jeffrey had to get rid of a few or felt like he needed to. Me and Coach Kerr said, no, nah, that's not right, man. If they want to play for this club, we need to try and make it work somehow. So mm -hmm. Coach Terry took over the reins. He goes, cool, whatever players that Coach Jeff doesn't want, Terry will take them, which left a few of them quite sour because obviously their aim was to play with their friends and play with Coach Jeff, which mm -hmm. is understandable. I think it was a week before the season had started, Coach Terry had four players. Every single member of staff, myself, Coach Kerr, Coach Dre, Coach Jeff, um, Coach Jules, there's, all of us said, Terry, you need to quit. It's not going to happen. It ain't going to work. And he refused. He refused. And by the end of the season, he'd won the league. Mm. And midway through the season, he had to literally turn players away from his session because he had wow. too many. Wow. He had too many. And we yeah. all told him to quit. And he didn't. And he stuck by it. He made a team and he went and won the league. And you're like, this is what we do. Even yeah, against all odds when his staff are not backing it, he said, no, nah, I've got to do it. Real. That's, That's yeah. I have to give him his box for that because any other person probably would have just quit. Yeah, with the same And he produced a very good team out of it too, which is a highlight for the club as a whole. Certainly. No, honestly, you hear stories like that and you really do hear like how much it means to you guys, honestly. Sort of just like, the fact that Coach Terry had that pro like, that premise there, that, you know, I mean, that ultimatum and just ran through with it and sort ran of through it, through it to, the, to the end, didn't it? And I genuinely feel like you guys put the well-being of the players above any results and any um, any sort of you know I mean a any sort of want, uh, status that you wanted as a club. You want it to be for the right reasons. And yeah, personally, if I could no, say agreed. anything right now, just before 
Um, moving on to my next point, I think one thing that stood out from the club for me was the fact that um, there were core tenets and core principles that you guys had at the heart of the club, right? And I don't, mm. and the e- the easy thing to do is to label you guys as good black coaches because mm-hmm. I feel like your good coaches take the black away from it. Because for me, you had core tenets and core principles that were universal. If Charlie from Dagenham came to the team, um, Charlie um, East East London East End white boy that came to the team, if you were to come to the team, you still have a uh, you still find a core set of principles and mm. um, expectations for him to meet at the club, and they were non-negotiable. And I feel like. When you have that mantra set at the club and that level that you have to reach and match and repeat every single week is something that you know that everyone's moving together in the same direction. I say that personally because the other clubs that I play for, I'm not going to name any names, but there were some mm. clubs I played for where uh, players were coming up late to train or players weren't really sort of doing well. There was ill discipline within the players, the player will sort of throw a temper tantrum, but they're still getting to them again the next week. And I feel like for me, that's unacceptable because if I'm trying my hardest and I'm seeing someone else undermine my hard work, but they're on ill, Ill, Ill deeds or misbehaviour, it, it sort of makes my worth kind of worthless in a sense. Yeah. So to have a club where every single person was really pushing together towards the same goal and that's coming from the top down to the bottom, honestly, it's something I do have to tell you. I don't think I've actually had the chance to say that before. I feel like I'd come forth and say that now. You do appreciate it. I mean, I, I remember that. As, oh God, no, I was going to say, I remember that as well because the, the things that you don't really see a lot when you're younger, but you kind of do recognise a lot more as you get older as well is for example you i remember a n- number of times you dropped some of the best players in that team purely because they'll be either be late like exactly what joel just said because they'll be late they weren't doing well in school and as a kid you kind of think to yourself why are he playing man he's like one of our best players that was mm-hmm. never as you get older that was never the point it was never the yeah. point about being that sort of thing it's the core principles it's like joel said it's making sure all the kids are moving in the right direction things aren't given to you on a plate you can do whatever you want face and face no consequences or you can just kind of think oh yeah like this this actually works things like that it's yeah like Joel said gotta take my hat off for you guys just to add on to that point one player in particular in your group who for me yeah. at the time he's the best 16 year old I've ever seen yeah. I, bet, I, bet, I bet we all know you're going to say as well he was such oh not he was he is such a footballer yeah. it's unreal and I actually felt at one point where I don't know if I was good enough to coach him and get the best out of him because wow. he has that much ability. And I remember not starting him in a few games. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, this is exactly what I'm talking what about. Yeah. Him, what gave, well, what made me have his utmost respect for him was the simple fact that he didn't look past the fact that he was the best. And I had to remind him a few times, I'd sit down in my car and say, yo, a player like you should never, ever, ever touch my bench, ever. Never. You should be the first name I mentioned and it's yeah. non-negotiable. And he respected that. And he used to come to training and he's like, you know, I need to put my head down. I said, you need to be running training sessions. People should be looking at you thinking, you're the man. I want to be like Darnell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you'll come to me on the bench. You're like, oh, coach, what do you want from me today? So today you need to play two-touch. No problem. Wow. You're on a pitch, you're playing two-touch. Every time he's got it, pop, go on, pop, go on. So much ability. And you know what? You come down here and you still show respect to your coaches. Yeah. I think, what a guy. Because I know what it's been like. Where I've been to teams where I look at the coach thinking I'm better than you, so you can't chat. I've, I've been in those situations. I've been ignorant of that. And there's people that are like that. At times you look at your coach, I don't respect you, I love it. There's nothing you can do for me. Yeah. And he didn't do that once at all. He yeah. felt that, yeah, you know, you're the coach, whatever you say, I believe in it, I buy in it. And I think, again, it goes back to what you're saying about coaches' temperament. Kids know when they can trust the coach. You, you know. 
Yeah. It's one thing kids are not stupid. If you thought That's a session was rubbish, you wouldn't turn up. It's a fact. You see what I mean? If you thought your coaches weren't good enough, you would move on. Fact. Because you know, you know what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And the fact that you guys had stayed the way all the way through it, even if some of the players, because one thing that we had in our team, I'd say, is that the ability was very mixed. Mm. You had someone at the top end, and you did have a very low end. But even then, everyone got something out of it, some way, shape, or form. Yeah. If it meant about me and Coach Kez joining the session, which we did a lot on purpose, also. We well, believed the in... the tempo of the session, to lead by example, in a way, to sort of show that... 100%. Yeah. 100%. I remember being uh, 13, 14, and I played against um, two coaches who were playing non-league at the time. Yeah. And I hated his boss. I hated him. I wanted to be better than him. I so badly wanted to be better than him at that yeah. moment. And I thought, you know what? We're not just going to tell you what to do. We'll show you what to do. So then at least it hits home a lot more, because you say, okay, my coach is doing that. Yeah. I'm going to do that too. And, and that's one thing I noticed in our club, is that a lot of the boys did tend to buy into what we were saying simply because they knew, okay, you know what, they can play. Okay, yeah. cool. I was going to make that point as well. Like, if for anyone that hasn't watched or um, is joining into this point, I, I, um, I apologise for not making this clear before. With me, I have an ex-Arsenal um, Academy player, an ex-Tottenham Academy player, an ex-Millwall um, professional, a player that's played at non-league at various levels, a player that's played... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, in League One, in um, yeah, several uh, levels of professional game. I have a player with me has represented his national country, um, Antigua and uh, Barbuda, if I'm correct. He's represented his natural country, he's represented several levels of um, the English sort of professional premium and non-league premium. So these aren't guys that are joining for a market, but these are guys that have been in teams that have won, won things, been in guys who've been playing with players that are grown men, some players yeah. are still in the professional game right now. Yeah, and these are guys that were training with us every single week, setting the tempo. So when you can imagine that, if we weren't playing at one hundred percent, and these guys joined in, you had to play one hundred percent at that moment. Because if you didn't, God help you. God help you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree that there was. I remember like that. Nothing was worse than kind of hearing it from a coach saying, "Oh, do this, do that," and you're just thinking to yourself, "You can't even do it. You couldn't. Yeah, you can't do that yourself. Like, yeah. you, you couldn't take it seriously. Like, don't get me wrong. As much as you try to. It was easy, kind of like if on a Friday you think stuff, oh, I'm tired after a week of school or something like that. I'm not even going to even put in that much work or something like that. When coaches joined, you just knew full well, nah, there was no time. You had to put in 100%, no matter what. There was there was no hiding. And you you guys, obviously, coaches spot who's trying to hide. Yeah, You purposely get them involved. You just know, like, everyone there is paying 100%, no matter what. And as yeah. Joel said, God help you if you're not, if you, if you're not feeling you. up to it. God help you, man, because, yeah, you're good. Dark side if you lost as well. <laughs> that is classic. For anyone that doesn't know, Dark side, um, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, what was it? What, a three-mile, four-mile run, was it? What was it? This was our, our team, let me call it team bonding, but team punishment at the same time where... Yeah. It, was, it was half fitness, half torture, where you guys, we basically, <laughs> if, um, where we trained, we trained in um, UEL Docklands. For anyone that's not familiar with the campus, it's um, the UEL Sport Campus, one of them anyway. And there's a, um, there's, well, the clue's in the name. There's, um, there's a river there's and a there's a dock and right next to it, or there's a path right next to it. And what we had to do, we had to run um, about three, four metres, miles. I can't remember how long this is. It gets, it gets longer every time I think about it. But um, <laughs> um, it's about, what's say, two miles. We have to do it at a certain amount of time or we have to do it where yeah. we were all in the group and the last five back had to do it again and again and again. So when we yeah. talk about discipline, we talked about that, that mentality of you are here to work and you are here to really push yourself. Even the fact we couldn't just do the run, we had to do it in a certain time, within a certain group. 
it was that yeah. constant raising of the standards. And I feel like as a coach, as coaches, you hit that uh, nail on the head. Because one last thing I sort of thought I did as well, competitive-wise, in terms of the standard of the league, wasn't always the best. We played on Wanstead Flats. And if anyone knows Wanstead Flats, mm. um, terrible, terrible pitches. The opposition wasn't always the greatest. We played in um, a league called the East London League where the quality varied every single week. But those training sessions, yeah. to this day, hand and heart, the highest intensity training session I've ever had. I agreed. 100% agreed. In my life. And I've played the game for about 20, 11 years. Played, in, uh, played with certain academy players, played, played with some clubs, played with UEFA B, UEFA A accredited coaches. But your sessions, highest intensity, week in, week out, because of the demands that you put on the players. And that was as a football players and as men as well. So trust me, I feel like those little things, those little things I always call out. And trying. Can I tell you about Dockside? I would not lie to you. A couple of years ago, I actually did Dockside for the first time, and I suffered. Right? That we made a man do. That's gonna say. I'm actually tortured, though, kids. You know, I'm actually been tortured. I have to go all the way back. I said, "Hey, yeah, yeah." That was it. You had to touch the fence as well. There's no hiding. Yeah, when you coach, yeah, yeah, when yeah, coach yeah, would yeah, go yeah. that side as well, man, every kid that didn't touch it, now nah, you have to go back and touch it. There was no hiding. Yeah. There was yeah, no hiding. Yeah. I think yeah, I went back about... You used to do that a lot. I'm out of breath thinking about it, man. I'm out of breath right I, now I, to pick you off. I'm pretty sure I went back there um, about, about three years after that and I just saw it and it just gave me nightmares, man. I was just like, I was <laughs> looking at it, I was like, man, that was... That, that, run that is was the time. I don't know how I even came up with it, but I was definitely.